Romans chapter 8. Are we ready? Likewise, the Spirit help us in our weakness. Everybody say weakness. weakness. How many of you know that we all have weaknesses? Let me ask this question. Who doesn't have weaknesses? All right, let's just check it out. Is there any liars out there? <laughs> we all have weaknesses. You could be very strong in one area of your life, but struggling in another area of your life. But we all have weaknesses, and we all are trying to overcome those weaknesses. Yes and amen, right? That, you know, I hope none of you are saying, oh, okay, this is my weakness, this is my lot in life, I'm just going to stay where we are, and we're going to stay where we are. I've tried so many times, I've tried different methods, tried different things, and it doesn't work, so forget it. I'm just going to stay the way I am. That's not the will of God for you. Because in your weakness, God is going to make His strength perfect. In your weakness, He's going to glorify Himself, the Word of God says. And how is this going to do that? Watch this, right? For we do not know what to pray. So when you are in your weakness... Sometimes you have no idea what to pray. You know, uh, when I was younger, I was very sure of myself and I thought that you know, I can pray for anything that I know how to. But the problem is the things I know were very limited. And so I pray incorrectly. You know, I, I didn't pray correctly. And so I wonder how come my, my prayer is not being answered. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Do you know the Holy Spirit intercedes for you? You know the Word of God says that Jesus in heaven is interceding for us in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. But we also have another intercessor. His name is Holy Spirit. And he intercedes for us individually. And how does he intercede for us? And the key is according to his will. Why is that important? Because 1 John chapter 5 tells us that if we pray anything according to his will, we know that he heareth us. I'm quoting King James because I grew up quoting King James. We know that he heareth us or he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, we know that he will have granted our petition or we will receive what we have asked for. But the key is that we need to pray in his will. Many people don't know how to pray in the will of God. I'll tell you this, I've been a Christian for a long time, 40 years. I still don't know how to pray perfectly in the will of God. But you know who does? It's the Holy Spirit. He knows exactly the perfect will of God for you. And how does he intercede for us? He intercedes, the word of God says, he intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Stay in 26, please. Too deep for words, with groaning too deep for words. How many of you ever have the experience that you have, you know, we spoke about an overwhelming attack, or sometimes you want to pray for certain things, you just run out of words. And you just thought to yourself, I don't even know how to pray this. And when you, you try to pray through it, but it just doesn't work. And you just, you just you feel inside, I don't think it's going to work. You feel it inside. I don't know if it's just me I thought, or, or, or some of you have the same experiences that, you know, I come to the Lord, you know, and say, God, you know, I, I, I just pray that this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And I declare and decree it. But, you know, on the inside, something funny is going on. It's the Holy Spirit telling you, you don't know what you're talking about. 
But because we don't know what else to do or we didn't know what else to do, we just keep pressing in and keep praying and praying and praying. But do you realize that your spirit man, if you cultivate your spirit man, is quite alert and that your spirit man often would send signal to you when you're praying. You look at me funny. Maybe because you haven't experienced it, but I believe a lot of people experienced it. I remember I was praying for a pretty girl, not Juana, well, when I was a teenager, of course. I could even tell you her name. And you know, as Christians, you, you, you brought up to believe that you, you knew. You don't date unbeliever because missionary dating, you know, it's no good, whatever. So, you know, just, so that was this pretty girl in my school. And uh, she's really pretty and very popular and, you know, pretty girls are always hard to get, you know. And so, you know, so the first thing I wanted to pray is for her salvation, right? So I just want her to get saved, then I can, can at least have, you know, the opportunity to ask her out, you know, this sort of thing, right? And then I really noticed that because she was so pretty, she had other, you know, guys just, you know, fumbling all over her or whatever. And uh, so I pray against those guys, now, how many, how many, how you, someone's, you know, come on. I'm not the only one who does that, right? I was like, you know, Lord, you know, that, that dude over there, just give him some sickness or whatever. Uh, let him fail his class, humiliate him, you know, just, just stupid prayer, right? But I, I remember at the young age, I already felt that, no, oh, something is wrong. This is not happening. This is not going to happen. You know, I, I just don't, I, I don't know if you have actually experienced, you pray for something, your spirit man is telling you it ain't going to happen. You know it. You know it. And you know, uh, uh, so what do you do? You know, you come to a situation where, you know, you want to pray the will of God. So if I have, was any smarter, I should, would, would allow God to help me or the spirit of God to help me and intercede on my behalf the situation. And so, you know, I don't know if you guys ever experienced infatuation, you know, like, of course you do, right, guys and girls. And when you have experienced infatuation, what do you do? You think about the guy all the time, or the girl. For guys, think about the girl all the time. You think about, you, you imagine different scenario, going to have dating with her, and, you know, hold her hand, oh, so sweet, you know. And just all these crazy thoughts come through your head, right? And so your, your infatuation just overtake your life. And you, you, just, you just, sometimes you just say, and the problem is with a lot of believers, I know it's a very simple example, but I think I'm touching on something. A lot of believers use the emotion as the meter to judge if God is wanting them to do something. So instead of hearing the will of God or praying in the will of God, they're praying with emotion because the emotion tells them this, and therefore they say, God say so. And sometimes God seems to change their mind all the time. It's like God's told me this, and then all of a sudden, it's not true anymore. God, God is so telling me something else, and they will proclaim it and telling people, God say this, God say that. Let me give you a word of advice, if I may. Just don't use the name of God so hastily and easily, will you? Just confess to it. You know, I feel like. Don't use God. Don't use God. I feel like then you, it's easier for you to step back verse 27 and he who searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God 
And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So if you want the statement of 28 to be true, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose, you better make sure 26 and 27 is true also in your life. Otherwise, you are claiming the scripture out of context. And let's go back to 26 and see what it is Paul was saying. In order for all things work together for good of those who call on his purposes, in order for this to be true, we are to allow the Spirit of God to help us in our weakness and to allow him to pray and intercede for us with groanings too deep for words. What do you think that is? Praying in the Spirit. This is praying in the Spirit. Sometimes when you really don't know what to pray, you feel like God is not hearing your prayer. Nothing is working right. Don't, don't just jump to verse 28. Make sure 26 and 27 is working for you. In other words, you pray in the Spirit. You press on in the spirits. But how do you live in victory? How do you live in victory? How do you be overcome? How do you, how do you live in a life that it's true for you that all things works together? The devil might throw all the monkey wrenches at you. The devil might deceive you. The devil might cause people to speak against you. You might come, come into like awful situation like Joseph got thrown into the pit, thrown into the jail. How do you ensure that in spite of that, not your doing, the doing of the devil, all things will still work together? How do you ensure that they happen? Well, the first thing is you pray in the spirit you know I uh, too deep for groanings it's too complicated in other words to even speak with words I was watching a, um, a, a pastor who was praying I was sharing with the volunteer this morning I was watching a pastor he was praying for people who get healed so you know some of you had attended my uh, healing school you know you remember that we taught about how to pray for people you know for sickness and disease you lay hands on them, different things right? and this guy do something completely different than than I, I have taught or learned in my life and um, I, I figure I should have you know anyway so so uh, this, this uh, sister came out and and she was in super pain excruciating pain and she's like, oh, please pray for me. I'm in pain. She got all her painkiller, pain medicine, injection, you know, all the, and then she got her x-ray, the whole thing, you know, oh, this is what the doctors say, blah, blah, blah. And so this pastor, instead of doing what we have been told, and you see, by the way, God doesn't only heal the way that we've been taught, right? He always heal outside our mindset, and you always have to be prepared for new things that God is doing. And this pastor did something quite peculiar, and then he explained later on why he did it. So what he did, he just, he just put his hand on that, that place where it was pain, and he started to speak in tongue, right, you see. And then people, and, and she got healed, of course. And people ask him, you know, what about, what about you know, all this, you know, lay hands and, and, and speak peace over declaration, this different thing, right? And this is what he said. He said, you see the knees that are injured physically, but you don't know the million reasons behind it. Most of us are not even medically, medically educated. But even if you are medically educated, there's still a lot of things that you're not aware of in that split moment of seconds that the, when the problem is presented to you. So what do you do? You, you pray what you know. Sometimes you have no idea what it is you're praying. And so he said, well, it's, it's too deep for me to get into it. Too deep for words to express. 
So I yield my tongue to the Holy Spirit. I say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do with this. Pray through me. And he started to pray in the Spirit, and it worked for him. Now that's just one example. There are many, many examples of people, a situation that you want to intercede for, and you haven't got a clue what to say or how to say it. And the Holy Spirit knows. And he's looking for vessels to be able to yield to him so that he can proclaim it and say and pray on your behalf so that it will work. So every single time when you run into a situation, you know, many of us have seen our family, some of our young children had run away from the Lord, had left God or whatever. I really believe God is going to call them back eventually. But what is it that you do in the meantime? How do you pray for them? There are a lot of things that you don't know that's going through their head. Circumstances, situation that you have no idea. And in the old days, we were so simplistic. We just say, oh, they're backslider, you know, they're rebellious, blah, blah. We give them all kinds of labels, but we haven't got a clue what's going on in their head. We don't know what has been spoken to them. We don't know what has been said to them. We don't know the type of influence that they face every day, the pressure they face every day. And so, you know, we all used to get all spiritual and just try to judge people and condemn people. And so it didn't work. It actually made things worse. And then we've gotten better, so we don't judge anymore. We just pray for them. But what do you say? Oh, Lord, I pray that they come back to you. What does that mean? What if your sons or your daughter is in the midst of thinking of killing themselves? Do you know that a lot of teenage suicide happen without the parents knowing it? And a lot of parents will go, oh, I never saw that coming. How do you pray for your children? The only way you can pray for your children effectively is really to pray through the Spirit because He will intercede for us with groanings too deep for words. You don't know it. And if you even do, sometimes it's so complicated. There was this pastor I shared with the volunteer this morning. See, if you need to be a volunteer to be able to hear all this amazing thing, you know. Um, I shared with the volunteer this morning. It was this pastor... He's really well-renowned, and, and he's in his 80s now. And, and I, I, I quote him all the time. He's still alive, so not that a guy, another guy. So, you know, he's, he's still, he's, he's, he's well-known. And he shared testimony that around the time he was in, I think, 40s or whatever, I'm just guessing that the age, um, he was working in the church, and, and there was a sister in the church that was really on fire for the Lord, and they, they were working together very closely and then he had developed an infatuation for her. It's very strong infatuation. And so he started to have imagination and thoughts about her. He said, my, my marriage was perfect. My wife was great and everything was fine. But that is this thing just rised up within him and just would overtake him. And he said, he came so close of losing his marriage, his integrity, and everything that he had. He said, if I had succumbed to it, you know, you probably never know about me. And this is what he said. In that moment of great struggle, he ran to the Lord and he poured out his heart in the Spirit. He prayed in the Spirit. I'll tell you this. Maybe not true for everybody, but for most of us, we are emotional beings and we have been making decisions based on emotion and we've been driven by emotion. Emotion is very difficult to overcome 
people commit adultery or commit sin usually in a split second when the emotion had overtaken them we can easily judge them and say, oh, you know. They, but, you know, the wise thing, of course, is never get yourself into the situation. But sometimes you got yourself in a situation, what do you do? Your emotion is running strong. But if you want to have victory, ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you to use this scripture to say that let the Spirit himself intercede for me. Groanings, toothy for God. You know, there's a feeling in me. I don't know how to explain it. You begin to release in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit. Now, his testimony is this. As he began to, to run to God and just release in the Spirit, God began to give him victory and that feeling very quickly disappeared. Are you struggling? Do you have an infatuation? Are you out of control? And you can't, you just, you just don't know what to do. Run to God and begin to pray in the Spirit and let God speak through you and intercede through you. Sometimes intercession is not for us and you've heard it many times. I heard another story uh, of another younger preacher uh, he said when he was in university, he was part of a sorority and part of the, the you know, uh, a group, you know, and they, and instead of getting drunk and so forth, he said this is a very special sorority because they, they study the Word of God. He, he get them together and study the Word of God and he invite the, the female sorority to come and, and they all study the Word of God. He said well, at one point he had 60 or 70 people, you know, instead of getting drunk, they were studying the Word of God, which is really powerful. So one, time, one night, he, they were studying the Word of God. This one, one young girl was in the midst and she came from a background that believed that, you know, speaking in tongues of the devil is not of God, is stop already and everybody is crazy and then and he began to show why, why it's so powerful to be filled with the Holy Spirit with, with the spiritual language and so and then she got praying and then she got filled with the Holy Spirit really excited and went home right and next day 6 o'clock in the morning and he woke up in the dormitory he said somebody's knocking and he was really mad he said you know you don't wake a university student up at 6 o'clock in the morning our waking up time is 12, not 6 in the morning, you know. And he was so annoyed. He went out there. He opened the door and here is this girl. She was so excited, beaming with joy. And she was saying, something happened to me at 4 o'clock in the morning. I was waking up. I was awoken. And, and somehow the, the tongue just couldn't stop. I started to pray. I started to pray. I started to pray. And so she said, I asked the Lord, what is it I'm doing? What is it I'm doing? And the Lord said, you're praying for an old man. He's about to die. You're praying for an old man. And he said, okay, well, I'll just obey the Lord. So he just, she just kept praying and praying and praying. Then around 5.30 and so forth, the phone, one of her roommate's phone rang. And the roommate picked up the phone and there was a mother on the other line saying, your dad has been sent to the hospital with a heart attack. And miraculously, when he got to the hospital, everything settled, all his vitals began to settle and become normal. And the Holy Spirit said to this young lady, you were praying for him. Do you realize that God is looking for vessels right now to intercede and praying for people that are willing to be used by God for people that cannot help themselves. One of the greatest benefits of praying in the Spirit is not only praying for yourself, but be a vessel to pray for many helpless people.
Praying in the Spirit is the best way to make sure you don't pray selfishly. Because most people pray is just about themselves, 90%. Me, my family, my relatives, my wives, my husband, my in-laws, my outlaws, everybody, right? All about me. All connected to me. But there are people that God is looking for to be willing to submit their tongue to God so that they can pray and pray and pray for those they don't even know. And I'm sure you hear many of the stories and I pray for many of the stories. Uh, I, I preached many of the stories here before. Now turn with me to Isaiah 28 verse 11 to 12. Second benefits of praying in the Spirit. Isaiah is prophesying about praying in the Spirit. For by people of strange lips, strange lips means lips unfamiliar, with foreign tongues. When it says foreign, it's not talking about, you know, another country. With foreign it's unfamiliar tongue, foreign. You know, this thing is foreign to me. You know, this practice is foreign to me. This tongue thing is foreign to me. Understand? Are you here this morning? With foreign tongues, uh, the Lord will speak to his people, Right? Verse 12. And to whom he had said, This, speaking in foreign tongues and language, rest. Give rest to the weary. And. Okay. And this is repose, yet they would not hear. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to read it from a, a Holman Christian translation, okay? He, so he will speak to his people with stammering speech and in foreign language. This is talking about spiritual language, tongues. He said to them, this is the rest with those tongues. This is the place of rest. Let the weary rest. And this is a place of repose. But they would not listen. Friends, let me tell you this. If, if you are struggling with anxiety... If you're struggling with restlessness, do you know that they say that restlessness is one of the biggest causes, anxiety is the biggest cause of heart attack in our time? Many people are die of heart disease unnecessarily because of all the pressure in life. And I know that sitting in this room, many people here, you have had a tough week. You had a long week. And many people are not in church this morning because they have a long week. They figure the best way to do is just to relax at home and rest. I understand that. But you know that sometimes when you rest physically, your mind is still going, your heart is still going, and you haven't really rest. The best way to rest is to rest in the Spirit. How do you do that? You pray in the Spirit. There is such a refreshing when you pray in the Spirit. When you are weary and full of anxiety, pray in the Spirit. Let your mouth do the walking and then talking, you know, in Jesus' name. To walk in the Spirit is to pray in the Spirit. When you are struggling, you know, you, you, it, some of you are going through some amazing time in your workplace. Some of you are going through something incredibly um, a, a, a tense time in your relationship, incredibly tense time in your family. You're, you're going through that. Things are not flowing the way that you plan to. And besides that, most of the time they don't flow the way that we plan to anyways. So what, you, you're going to get worry sick till forever? No, the Word of God teaches us that the best way for you to get rest is that you pray in the Spirit. 
And you rest and get yourself rebuilt, rest yourself, get you become strong. Now I tell you this, a lot of times when I feel like I'm kind of halfway sick, you know, not you don't feel like you know, throat was funny and and then you know I start to cough a little bit, I start to have a headache. Do you know what I do? I just go into the spirit. Meaning I just start to praying in that spiritual language. You know what happened? Soon I will fall asleep or I get refreshed. Either way, I get rest before the Lord. Some of you really need some rest. You really do. And this church is all about rest, yeah? <laughs> you know, a lot of people think rest is just not doing anything. That cannot be further from the truth, guys. And a lot of people had bought the lies that I'm resting, you know, I'm just being lazy. The Word of God never contradicts itself. The Word of God that we read does not propose that we are slothful and lazy. The Word of God that we read does not encourage us to get engaged, especially when it comes to serve the Lord. But you say, Pastor, I'm so tired. My whole week is so full of stress. My whole week is so full of struggle. But I tell you this, friends, when you go through your week this week, Yes, struggle will come. Yes, tension will come. Yes, there will be continue having politics in the office or at your workplace. Yes, people will say bad things about you. Yes, people will come, you know, go behind your back and just, just call, you know, talk bad things about you. Yes, you're going you're gonna to continue to go through all that. But if you try this, I guarantee you next week when you come, you'll be fully rested, ready to serve the Lord. How? Just pray in the Spirit. In the midst of struggle. You know, sometimes when people just say things about you or or even your boss or whatever's against you, your heart is just not well. And you just pray. I just want to encourage you to just pray in the Spirit and let Him do the encouragement and refresh you and refresh you. Don't stop praying in the Spirit. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. I talk about the benefits of praying in the Spirit. I talk about the powerful supernatural intervention of heaven when you pray in the Spirit. But this is the problem. Most of us would try for 15 minutes and we feel very dry. Some of you have tried it last week, yeah? Just say yes. Come on, work with me. And, and some of us, I have heard that try, but it's, it's just, it, it's not connecting. It's not happening. And so what you do, you stop. And so there's, you don't feel a river flowing out. You don't feel all the things that we talk about. You say, I'm not connecting. I'm not feeling it. And so I want to show you how it is that you let the Holy Spirit just flow through you. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. And this is the condition that you need. If anyone thirsts, if anyone thirsts, that's number one. If anyone thirsts. How many of you have the experience of wanting to drink some water and you're really thirsty and there's no water around? How many of you have experience? You're like, you're really thirsty. You are super thirsty. <laughs> and just, just nothing there. And so you say, I want water, I want water. You know, if you, uh, 
if you go to some restaurants that put a lot of MSG in their um, food, like Chinese restaurant, they do that super MSG place, right? They just. I remember one time, you know, my father-in-law used to own a Chinese restaurant, Wana's dad, and and I remember that when I went up to Nova Scotia just to visit visit her and and also get a hands of permission from her dad to marry her, you know. So you know, I was staying in their place, and they have these restaurants on the ground floor, and then they have apartments that they live upstairs, and so they had a little room for me to live upstairs. So what I do is I I will go down during the day and just to check out the restaurant, see how the restaurant is operating, right? And so I saw my father-in-law, you know, some of you have met him, he's really old now, but, but he would, you know, doing fried rice, you know, chicken fried rice, you know, it's just, you know, it's just the fried rice, right? And then he would just stir out the fried rice. And then and I, I saw him grab a bunch of white stuff and I found it was MSG, just, just that much. Boom, throw into the fried rice and stir it up, you know. <laughs> Do you realize that when you eat MSG that much, it's going to make you super thirsty, I mean, some of you didn't know that. How come, how come I get so thirsty after I go to a Chinese restaurant? You know, that's why. Right? So, so they just, just, you know, anyways, MSG. So you feel thirsty. So sometimes, you know, we go to Chinese and we come back. It's, it's like super thirsty in the middle of the night. It's like you got you to gotta drink some water. And there's no water. And it's very, very hard. And you do anything to drink a cup of water. And you know, for the people who live in desert, which is where Jesus' time was, people are always thirsty. Water is very important. And if you experience true thirst, do you understand what Jesus means? You see, the things the Spirit is, it requires that we are absolutely yearning with everything we have, as if our life depends on it. Because if you're not thirsty, God is not going to force it on you. So my job this morning is to stir that faith, to stir that thirst in you. Saying, God, I need more of your Holy Spirit. I want more of your Holy Spirit. I want to press in more. Would you give me more? I want more. Until that happens, you won't press in. You will pray for 15 minutes and go, oh, that didn't work. But if your life depends on that, you will press in. You press in. You know, when I was in school, when some of you in school, same thing, you know, we've been educated, we've been brought up in a sense that, you know, if we don't have a good education, our life is over. You know, I actually literally believe that, which is not true, right? But I literally believe that, and I hated studying. I'm not connecting when I'm studying. I understand that. I don't get joy out of reading a textbook or notebook. It's just, it gives me a headache. Just look at words. Just give me a headache. It's just, it's just so funny, you know. And nobody believed me, you know, every time I look. And so the way I study is that the way to keep my, myself sane is that I'll get in, you know, I was going to U of T, go to Robarts Library, you know. I'll sit there in the library and my average time of looking at text is 10 minutes. I look at it 10 minutes, I need to stop. I need to go walk around, have a coffee, chocolate, whatever, and then come back and do. And so usually it would take people like an hour to study. It takes me a whole day. Why? Because I need to do the round trip. You know, just, to, just rest. It's very hard. But I had to do it. Because I was told, if you don't finish university, you're in trouble. Especially, you know, my mom would make sure that I finish it. So mom and whatever, right? So, so even if it didn't work because I was absolutely convinced that I needed, I kept going. 
and miraculously I got a degree. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, praise God. But you know, I want to tell you this is that there has to be a need. There has to be a thirst. You know, the whole, the things as the spirit is like, it's not like, oh, if it comes great, if it doesn't come, doesn't matter. If that's your attitude, you'll never experience the things of the spirit. If you ever want to experience the things of the spirit, you need to press in, press in, press in, press in, press in, press in, press in until you see it. If it takes one hour, two hours, five hours, a day, a month, you have to keep pressing in until you have a breakthrough. Some of you try for 15 minutes and you give up, but I want to encourage you, press in until you have a breakthrough. What does that mean? That the Holy Spirit will take over and you will feel it. You will know it. Just keep pressing in in Jesus' name. Don't give up. Don't give up. The first condition is that we have to be thirsty. The second condition is that we should come to Jesus. Don't go anywhere else. Don't go to a preacher. Go to Jesus. Oh Jesus, I need this. If anyone thirsts, let him come to Jesus. Go to the throne of God. And do what? Drink. Everybody say drink. How do you drink anyways? How do you drink? That's the question, right? Drinking means coming and partake what Jesus has for you. And drinking means to, it's a continuous action to keep drinking until your thirst, your, your, your thirst is quenched. It's a pro, it's, it's an action that you keep pressing in until you are, your thirst is quenched. You know, I don't know if you ever experienced about uh, uh, being thirsty. You want to talk about it. And then can you imagine you're really super thirsty and then you only have one drop. Is that going to work? It doesn't work. And yet most believers are like that. They just go... It's still parched and dry all over on the inside. And that's why they say it's not connecting. It doesn't have any impact on you when you just have one drop. Because if your whole system is parched, you need to keep pouring in until you are full and every area has the free flowing of the Spirit. What does that mean? It means, I'm repeating myself now, you press in, you drink it, you keep pressing in the Spirit, you keep drinking and praying in the Spirit until it's all filled. And you will know it when it's all filled. Verse 39, he said this about Spirit, those who believe in Jesus were going to receive the Spirit and the Spirit had not yet been received because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now let me say this. Go to 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14. I'm going to address some of the struggle that we have and the reason why. Do you know in Western civilization, all of us, whether you're coming from another country, whatever, we have most been educated under the Western education philosophies. Yes? Three people say that. Okay, can you please talk to me? Let me know you're alive. Hello, are you here? So we all have been, most of us have been, you know, all I believe all of us have been under, uh, educated under the Western, uh, uh, Western education philosophy, which is really a Greek philosophy. 
you know, philosophy of Socrates, Plato's, and Aristotle, all those guys, right? And what, what is that? It's that our mindset has been conditioned that we will not accept anything unless it's rational. We will not accept any theories, anything that we do unless it's logical. Everything has to be logical. And we may not even uh, aware of it, but our subconscious mind has been conditioned that we will reject everything that is not logical, not rational. And that's why Paul first Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 2.14 said, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. You know, the people in Corinth faced the same thing. They were very steep in Greek philosophies and culture, and all their education system are steep in Greek philosophy. And that's why they could not comprehend the things of God. But Paul is saying the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Do you realize that everything that is being spoken in the Spirit, everything that's being done in the Spirit can only be discerned in the Spirit? In other words, it will never, never, never make sense in your head. Never. If you wait for the day until things make sense in your head, you will wait until Jesus comes back and it still won't make sense. See, a lot of times when you pray in the Spirit, one of the things that the devil does is mock you. Is it just me? And the devil will say, don't waste your time, man. You're concocting, concocting this whole thing up. Stop it. You sound stupid. You're not doing anything. It's a waste of time, a waste of breath. I've been praying in the spirit for 39 years and the devil is still using the same line on me and sometimes I bought it. Yeah, I still do. I will go, oh, look, it doesn't work. And I stop. I want to encourage you this morning. If you're in a situation where you are desperate, if you're in a situation where you need God to intervene you, intervene on your behalf, if you feel dry in your spirit, you need a revival, you know that God needs to stir your faith, stir your spirit, stir your hearts again, stir your love again, you need that. Listen, friends, you can go through the worldly way to get it, or that you press it in the spirit and let him stir you up, press in, you must, and it's going to be irrational, illogical, you have to overcome that. And so this week, I really want to encourage you. I know it sounds like a broken record. Do I sound like a broken record? I do, right? You know, okay. Sound like a broken record, you know, just, just keep saying the same thing. Give me new revelation. Give me new ideas. But folks, I just felt the Holy Spirit. I was praying this week. I got a couple of other sermons. I thought, oh, this is really good. It's going to bless them. And I just felt the Holy Spirit said, you got to stay on this. Because there are people not yet entering into this vast, amazing Realm called the spirit realm with the fullness of God, with the spirit of God fully working in their lives. And they seeing miracles and seeing God moving on their behalf. They seeing things that they couldn't organize it themselves, but they know it's God that's organizing it. There's a lot of Christians even sitting in this room, sitting in this room, they're just struggling. They say, I, I don't know why they've been coming to ch a church week after week, you know, month after month, year after year, and they haven't seen any great progress, great breakthrough. And you know, I'm called, and just as you know, this church is called to see transformation in people's lives. Your life needs to be transformed from glory to glory. If your life is the same as three years ago, I, I just, I, my heart is broken for you. I pray that from now on, you will not accept 
accept that. You will say, God, I need to progress and you need to press it into the Spirit and cry out into the Spirit and press into this thing called praying in the Spirit and don't let the devil cheat you, mock you and, and steal away from you the blessings of God. I just want to encourage every individual in this house, please spend some time in the presence of God. Please learn to press in and when the devil want to deceive you and mock you, in Jesus' name, press it out. Remember I say this, that even Pastor Paul, after 39 years, he's still facing the same thing and you will face the same thing. But the key is to press in. I press towards the mark of my high calling. Paul the Apostle say, you and I need to press in, press in, press in, press in, press in, press in until you have a breakthrough. Come on. Don't give up until you have a breakthrough.